1: Hello and welcome to our Between the Banners post-game podcast. My name is Brandon Anderson. I'm joined by managing editor of the Tar Heel blog, Tanya Bondurant. The Tar Heels are heading back to Chapel Hill following a nail-biter of a win against Clemson, escaping Little John Coliseum with an 81-79 victory. Tanya, I guess we should start off with the final play of the game was a bit controversial, It looked like a foul, may not have been a foul, but was it a foul?
0: I don't think it was a foul. I don't think he had possession of the ball. I don't think it can be a foul in that situation. So I don't think it was a foul. You can call me a homer if you would like, and I don't mind that, but I don't think it was a foul.
1: Yeah, from the way it looked to me, I feel like – he may or may not have had possession of the ball. It's I'm not completely sure. My guess is he probably didn't have possession of the ball. But even if he did have possession of the ball, the way that he kind of plowed through Kobe White, it was hard to tell if Kobe had position in front of him or not. And I'm sure that's something that had they actually called the foul – that they would have looked back at and see if it was offensive or defensive maybe. I feel like Kobe might have had position there, so I don't know. I feel like either way it may have been a wash.
0: Yeah, I think that it's one of those things where they obviously had a better view of it than we did, and everything I saw made it look like it was not a foul. I am um, <laughs> I am not going to say that like I am – the most unbiased observer but i'm generally pretty good about like acknowledging when carolina got away with one i don't think they did there i I don't think it was a foul
1: yeah i think it's one of those things where clemson may be very angry for uh uh, quite a while i actually saw fans what looked like they started throwing stuff on the court I would have to go back and watch it. I'm not 100% sure, but I could have sworn from the corner of the court. You could see stuff kind of starting to rain down. But kind of as I mentioned on our Slack channel, we kind of owed them one after that whole offside kick fiasco a couple years ago in the uh, ACC title game. But while we're talking about Kobe White, Kobe White and Cam Johnson both finished the game with six three-pointers apiece, while the rest of the team combined for one of 14 from deep. Tanya, I guess my question is, what was it about the shots that Kobe White and Cam Johnson got that worked so well for them, and what was it about the shots that everyone else on the team got that worked so poorly for them?
0: I mean, I don't think it's a surprise because Kobe and Cam are easily the best three-point shooters on the team. They're the guys you feel the best about taking three-pointers. I think a lot of what happened was that people were taking three-pointers who really shouldn't have been taking three-pointers. Kenny Williams' shot is very broken right now, and he probably needs to just kind of abandon trying to fix it in close games. Uh, when the heels are up big, he is more than welcome to try to fix whatever's going on with his shot, but it really gives me anxiety when he's trying to fix it in like a three-point game. And Nasir Little was also taking three-point shots that he just really doesn't have any business taking. Um, I understand that like that's traditionally been part of his game, but it hasn't really worked that well often this season. So, again, in a close game, I'd really prefer that he do what he's been doing the last several weeks, which is driving to the basket and not chucking up threes that inevitably won't go in. I thought the one that Brandon Robinson shot was fine because he's been pretty good at that this year, and um, a couple of the ones that Luke May shot were okay, even though, again, only one of them went in. But, again, Kobe and Cam have been... Like blazing hot from three, so it's not really surprising that they were able to have that much success. Um, it's just kind of frustrating when everyone else is chucking really poorly thought out threes.
1: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't PlayTech throw up what was that an air ball?
0: Um, it I don't think it was an air ball, but it was well, well,
1: well short. Yeah, I definitely remember it either being extremely short or airball or something like that. Uh, I couldn't quite, you know, figure it out from the angle. But going back to what you were saying, I think we are running into this situation in this time of season where there's only so many people that you can really trust shooting from three. We thought that there would be a lot more people at this point that you would be able to trust shooting from three. Luke May is relatively okay usually. Tonight he didn't have the the best shooting night. Brandon Robinson usually when he shoots any more these days, you can kind of have hopes that it'll go in. Kobe White and Cam Johnson are just automatic. That's just the reality of the situation. I still don't know what's going on with Kenny Williams. Every time we've watched him warm up, it just seems like he can't get his shots to go in. Nasir Little obviously has struggled shooting from deep. I know he's made a couple this year, but realistically, that's not where his bread and butter is. I'm going to kind of segue into the shot selection in general for the team tonight. I feel like there was just way too many jump shots taken throughout the course of the game, and I don't feel like they were doing enough to attack the paint, which is funny because I don't know if you noticed the same thing, but I feel like when they were attacking the basket they were either getting shots to go in or they were getting Clemson a foul. I definitely feel like, like it tilted more towards Clemson fouling. But, I mean, did you see the kind of the same thing that I saw?
0: I honestly think what kept them from driving more was the fact that they got called for a few early offensive fouls, um, whether those were fouls or not that's not for me to decide, but I think that that definitely made them a little more gun-shy about really taking it into the paint. Um, It definitely was a case of them taking shots that I don't think were intelligent this time around. Um, It almost seemed like they were panicking a little bit. Everyone was kind of taking really ill-advised shots, like I don't think Kenny, I don't think Kenny Williams should have been chucking threes at that point. Um, he was 0 for five from distance. Um, I have no idea why Little needed to shoot three threes. Uh, they were also taking very long uh, jumpers from inside the arc, as opposed to driving it to the basket. So I definitely think the foul situation came into play there. Um, But I also feel like the fact that the game was so close and for a while Carolina was behind had them sort of, if not panicking, trying to do a little bit too much instead of making the smarter play.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. I know especially with Nasir Little, I feel like his brother brother is definitely driving to the rim and there was lack of that definitely throughout the course of the night. But hopefully, I guess Boston College, that'll kind of return, and hopefully, in general, the team will kind of get back to what they had started to figure out during the stretch. So Kobe White had another big game, 28 points, um, 17 of those points coming in the first half. He just caught fire from distance, Clemson did a good job of clamping down on him in the second half. Uh, He had 11 points in the second half, shooting three for six while in the first half he shot six for 10. Tanya, why do you think Clemson had such success kind of limiting Kobe white in that second half?
0: Well, because no one else could really make those shots. Um, The only other person they had to worry about making anything from distance was cam and, Honestly, that's kind of what happened was Cam started making a lot of threes in the second half where Kobe made a lot of threes in the first half. And I feel like they focused their defense on Kobe in the second half, which freed up Cam and Cam made him pay for it. That's honestly like best case scenario for the Tar Heels is when one of them is doing well and can kind of get the opposing team's defense to pay attention to them that frees up the other to make some more uh open shots. Uh I thought that was really good. I think that it showed maturity from Kobe because I know in the past um he's kind of tried to force things a little bit and I don't think we're seeing that as much now. Um the defense definitely worked harder on him in the second half and it showed in his point totals uh especially from distance. But he was able to turn that into one of his teammates Um, getting hot. So I think that is really the ideal. And also, I think that that's something that they're going to have to expect to see more down the stretch is uh, teams really honing in on whoever's got the hot hand and then hopefully whoever else can come through once the defense switches over and and tries to help a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, and hopefully going forward there will be some more help coming from – Names other than Kobe White and Cam Johnson. Luke May still had 13 points. Kenny Williams still had nine points. And Brooks had six points. But ideally, we get more production out of some of those other players because realistically, we don't know if Kobe White can keep scoring at the trajectory that he's scoring at. I would imagine he's able to. But to rely on it is very much a dangerous game. Uh, One last note about Kobe. He had zero turnovers in the first half. And in the second half, he ended up having five turnovers. But even with that said, his contributions on the court were great. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. But overall, this was a rough game. This was one of those ones that past UNC teams have lost before and somehow some way they managed to channel the same thing that they channeled in that Miami overtime game earlier in the year and they got it out a win
0: yeah for sure and I think that Kobe's second half turnovers had a lot to do with Clemson's defense um they were a lot more disruptive in the second half and it showed uh, that's one of the sort of drawbacks of Kobe's game. He does turn the ball over. But I think that um, it's definitely something that he can work on. And it didn't hurt the team today, which is the important thing. Uh, I definitely don't think the team wins this game if we're playing it in maybe December. Um, these are the kind of games where the other team definitely punched Caroline in the mouth. And for a good chunk of the beginning of the season, Carolina didn't seem like they were able to respond to that sort of thing. Um, That that has definitely changed. And tonight was definitely another example of them being able to get up off the mat and punch right back.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us. This has been the Between the Banners postgame podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tar Heel Blog to stay up to date with the latest articles and podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a review. Once again, the final score of the game, Carolina 81, Clemson 79. The Heels are back in action Tuesday night to take on Boston College and Chestnut Hill with hopes of finishing the season with an undefeated ACC road game record.
0: So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.